Welcome to the Indoors Podcast. I am your host, Asher Korn. This project was created at the height of social distancing to give a voice to local artists and bands to share their stories in their own words and to find ways we can all continue to help support each other. All artists featured on this podcast submitted a sample of their music and a small bio about themselves. On this episode, I interview King Crawdad, a rock and roll band from Northern Colorado influenced by classic rock, garage rock, and contemporary indie music. This interview is a little different than other podcasts in this series as it takes place after the initial quarantine and discusses what the music industry is like in the era of COVID-19. King Crawdad has been one of the few bands able to perform after the shutdown, and they share their experience with this, opening up about future projects that social distancing has allowed them to create. Coming up next is their single, Who Too Hop, followed by an exclusive interview with bandmates Miles Mercer, Nick Parrish, and Tucker Valentine. It's love! 
My name is Miles. I play guitar and I sing for King Crawdad. My name is Nick and I play drums. And my name is Tucker and I play bass. I always have a hard time describing our band. I think garage rock is a really good term because we have some songs that might be more punk rock, but we're not really a punk rock band. We might have songs that are kind of bluesy or similar to psychedelic rock, but I wouldn't say that we're a psychedelic band or a blues band. So I definitely say it's more kind of garage rock for sure. I don't know if Nick has anything to add to that. I, I always have a hard time explaining it to people. Even though garage rock seems to encompass a lot of genres that we're interested in, we've always historically played in basements. So maybe basement rock is more appropriate if that's a thing. You all are in the same space while we're recording this interview. Do you have a basement where you're at? Yeah, we do. We're actually in Windsor right now. We do have a basement where we, that's where we always practice. So yeah, we do have a basement in this exact house. All right. And are are you all roommates or is that more of like a practice space? It's more of a practice space. We all live in separate spaces. We were roommates at one point, two of us. That's pretty fun. Is that how all of you met? We all went to the same high school and Miles and I met in middle school, actually. At what point did you decide to start a band? Uh, I think it was early, early high school, like late middle school. Me and Nick started playing together. So we've been playing together for over 15 years now. It's pretty crazy. We've been kind of doing the King Crawdad thing for a while and we played in another band together as well. And so we've been playing together for a really long time. And we met Tucker through some, you know, mutual friends and through the music scene because he's been in several bands as well. Recently, we kind of decided that we wanted to expand our lineup and try jamming with him. And it's been working out really well. It's been pretty cool to add to the sound, kind of broaden everything out. Was there anything specific that prompted Tucker to join the band after years of being a two-piece? To be honest, I, I would I would say a lot of the stuff that's kind of went on with the coronavirus, it, it was one of the biggest things that prompted that because we had had several discussions before talking about like, yeah, if you'd want to if you'd want to play some music sometime or if you'd want to come over and try some songs, that type of thing. And one day um, me and Nick were just talking after we had eventually started practicing together again after the initial quarantine stuff. And we just decided that since we're not really playing as many shows right now, that this would be kind of the perfect time to try it. And things have just worked out really well with it. And it's been it's been something that, I don't know, has kind of, I think, re-energized us even more. And so I think that's really what prompted it was like all these other times before it was it was kind of a thing of where, oh, well, we have this show coming up. So we kind of have to rehearse these specific songs or we don't have time to kind of worry about that at this moment. And with everything kind of freeing up and, and having a lot more free time, we just decided it was the perfect time to try it. And it's been awesome that it's that it's worked out so well. Would you like to talk about how the virus has affected all of you? Me personally, with my job, I work with kids that have um, developmental struggles or, you know, developmental disabilities. So I wasn't able to work for several months just because with the school shutting down and kind of just the, the nature of how we do things, we I wasn't able to work from pretty much all of April and May and then like most of June. So that was hard. And I think not being able to play music was really hard because we didn't, we didn't think it was really safe to get together for the first couple months of, you know, the virus initial, the initial onset of it. We were really nervous about getting, getting together. And I would say those were the two big things for me was not being able to work for a long time. And I'm really thankful that I've been able to get back to doing that in a limited capacity. And I'm also really thankful that we've been able to 
keep practicing with each other, even though we haven't been playing as many shows, obviously. It's just nice to be able to do something creative and let loose all that energy. Coronavirus. So yeah, besides not being able to work, it sucks to not be able to play music for a while. But once I was able to start playing music, it actually kind of worked out really well because I had a lot of time to start new projects and write a lot of music. So I think it's actually been kind of creatively liberating outside of not being able to play shows. I agree with Tucker on all that. I I would say that the shift of focus away from live performance more to thinking about ideas for like recording has been kind of a big thing for me just because we were always most interested in playing live and now that's way, way less of an option. So now I'm kind of looking forward to trying to record things and do that sort of stuff. Is there anything in the future that we can look forward to? We we do have a couple safe kind of social distance shows coming up. We have one, it's going to be a New Belgium that's on September 18th that we're going to be opening up for the Beeves there, which is a show we've been really excited for for a long time. And we're hoping that it's going to kind of still work out with everything. Hopefully everything will still be staying open by then and all that stuff. But those are really the only two live shows we have coming up. And then we've also been working on another set of uh, quarantine demos that we have been working on because we released some earlier on and we decided we were going to do another volume of that. And so those are kind of the two things along with trying to work on new material that we're that we're focusing on right now, music wise. Can you talk a little bit about the song you submitted? The song we submitted is called Hutu Hop. Miles and I, again, this is Nick speaking right now. <laughs> Miles and Nick wrote this song back in high school and is started off as a drum and bass line with some verse of lyrics. And then I showed it to Miles and he expanded on it and added the whole second half of the song, more than second half of the lyrics to it. It was kind of inspired by us learning about the genocide in Rwanda when we were in high school, basically in our social studies class. Nick had kind of showed me the song. It was just kind of really cool. The main melody of the song, when how the song kind of starts out, Nick kind of had that whole part kind of worked out. And when he had showed me that, it was this really cool kind of electronic rock almost. I don't know. I just really loved it right from the start. And it's kind of turned into this really heavy song that I think we end up playing it at most of our shows. It's just now it's kind of turned into this really heavy thing that we just really love playing it now. And and just the way that it's evolved over all this time has has been really cool. We actually did the recording that you heard of it. We recorded earlier this year. We were really wanting to get kind of a recording of it that's that's more similar to the live shows that we the, where we play it now. Where did you record that at? We recorded it with one of our friends, Alan, Alan Havlicek. He plays in a couple different local bands. He's in Copper Teeth. He's in a band called Attack on Venus. And he has a studio in his house. Me and Nick have known him for a, for a really long time, just playing in different bands in the Fort Collins music scene. We just decided to record with him just because we have a really good relationship with him and we're really comfortable. This is the the first material that we've recorded with him. We had another guy that we used to record with a lot. He had just sold all his recording equipment, so we kind of decided to talk to Alan. And he has a studio. It's, it's kind of in between Windsor and Fort Collins, just a studio in his home. It also really worked out well because a lot of the stuff that we like to record, we we like to try to record most of it live. So it's it's hard for us with not really having the equipment to do that. 
it's hard for us to kind of record things on our own. He has the ability to do that. So it, it worked out really well because we're this particular song. The only thing that isn't live on it is just an additional guitar track that we recorded over everything. All the rest of it is just one single live performance. I don't know, me personally, I've always been kind of drawn to recording like that because it sounds closer to the live performance of it. And it kind of has an energy that, that you get between the people playing on the track. I like to do recordings like that more so just because it, it really sets the tone for the track and it has a really good feeling and energy to it. I think can be hard to recapture when you record each instrument individually on its own. So it's that was kind of the best thing about being able to record with him is that we're comfortable with him and he kind of fit into that that method of recording that we've grown to prefer. You have shows coming up too. Would you ever use the opportunity of performing at a show as an actual version of recording a song? I mean, I I would definitely be into that. I mean, it's it's so it's so close to how we want to record and I think it's again kind of a thing of do you have someone that has the right equipment to do that? And I mean, I, I would love to do that. I Because some of my favorite albums are live albums. And there's just something about that that those are my favorite recordings is, you know, whether it be a live performance or even though it's a studio performance, ones that are, have more of a live feel and, and live takes to them. So that's something that I, I, I would definitely be into that. I, w- I would love the opportunity at some point to do that. All three of us really love Neil Young and some of our favorite Neil Young albums are live albums. So that's that's a lot of inspiration right there. Are there any uh, standout albums? Ooh, standout, standout Neil Young albums? Live, live albums. He did these two albums in the 90s. One is called Weld and one is called Year of the Horse. Those are my two favorite Neil Young live recordings because it's, it's just a collection of performances over those tours. And I think it works really well for a band like that because they record in a similar manner of recording several jams and kind of picking out the best performance where we don't really have the time or the money to do it in that manner, but we just try to get a really good performance of each specific song that we're trying to record. But those are the two that stand out for me, especially. My favorite live Neil record is uh, Live at Massey Hall, 1971 right before Harvest came out. That's a good pick. Yeah, it's just him and a piano and a guitar. The softest pick is coming from the dude that comes from a hardcore background. (laughs) I like it. I'm eclectic. Would you like to talk a little bit more about ways we can bring the community back together so we can go see live shows again? Well, to, to start with, people need to start wearing their masks, hopefully. Edit that out if that seems like a call to action. I just thought about that, but we are, we are selling masks like King Crawdad masks at our next show. We'll have a limited quantity. So if anyone shows up to the new Belgium show and is interested. And I think along those lines, just anything we can keep doing to be safe and kind of mitigate risk. And I think that does involve wearing masks, social distancing, trying to keep riding it out. The more that we keep doing these things to keep each other and ourselves safe, the sooner we can get back to some type of situation where we can have more live shows. And it's been hard for us because we've gotten a few offers to do shows and we've only been able to do ones where there are really strict rules regarding social distancing and all of that. And I think those are the main things. And in the meantime, just try to find any way that you can to keep supporting local artists, whether that's, you know, listening to their music, streaming their music, 
Oh yeah. Share any, anything where you're sharing on social media, I think is really helpful too, to help the music community. We can get back sooner to, to doing more live shows and getting back to something that seems close to normal. I know that this has been an incredibly stressful time, also an incredibly difficult time for a lot of people. Everything is interconnected and everything feels like it happens all at once. So I was just wondering if there's been anything that's helped you through this difficult time specifically. Mostly just staying busy, playing music has been what has helped. Yeah, I I agree with Tucker. I would say idle hands are not helpful. Playing music's really helpful. We're all really thankful and lucky that we have jobs to keep us busy. Just trying to keep your mind off of all the negative things that are happening right now while not being complacent or turning a blind eye. It's hard to strike that balance. Yeah, lean lean on your friends, you know. Yeah, and I I would say along those lines for me it's Obviously, I agree with all of that. And I think it's also kind of changing your outlook on those things and thinking, whereas at first we were really upset because it was like, okay, we had all these really awesome shows we were excited for that we had to cancel all of them. And, but you kind of think about it, well, at least I'm able to play music in some way safely. And even though you can't play shows, if you focus on that positive aspect of it, that that goes a long way. And I think being thankful for that, as well as being thankful that if, you know, hopefully your friends and family can stay healthy, being thankful for those little things, I think has helped me get through things better. Because at first, I was really upset about all of that, because I'm used to being able to play shows all the time, go see shows all the time, and, you know, go meet new people and support my friends. And it's been hard to deal with that. But when you look at it from a way of like, well, I'm healthy, I have a roof over my head, I'm able to work and I'm able to still play music in some capacity. I think looking at it in those ways, it it helps you through this time, but it also makes you appreciate those things more. And I think that's going to be a huge thing going forward is that we can appreciate all those things and kind of change our mindset on all of that. That was beautiful. Well said. <laughs> Thank you. What do you see as the immediate and future impact of the pandemic on the local music community? Well, something that really has impacted us a lot is just the the fact that DIY shows are kind of out of the question, just if for no other reason, just because they're, they're almost impossible to have any, any sort of regulation over social distancing. There is an immediate drop off in DIY shows. And we, for the last year and a half or so, probably half the shows we would play around town were house shows or various other kinds of DIY venues. So now I think the focus for us as well as everyone else in town is your only option is playing a show outside at like the Lyric or places like New Belgium or having these pretty cool socially distant shows or like a really big one is the shows they've been having at Mishawaka and at the drive-in at Holiday Twin. So now I think the focus has kind of shifted away from DIY stuff and towards these bigger, higher production value shows, just because you need that production value to be able to actually, you know, make the music sound okay to people that are sitting in their cars or sitting you know, 20 feet away from each other. That's the biggest change I've seen. And I think it's only going to continue to swing that direction. I think along with that, as a fan of music, aside from performing it, 
you you have these situations where you have to find we kind of alluded to it earlier of different ways to support bands and different ways to still be some part of the music community i mean we have such a great music musical community in fort collins it's hard when you kind of feel like there's nothing you can do or you you're no longer a part of that or i've i've heard a lot of people that are worried about oh is my band still going to be relevant or like is this scene still going to be relevant and then you know you worry about the venues that you love or you worry about you know these diy spaces being available and i think that's a huge impact and i also think along with the the fact that there's more you know the opportunities are scarce the opportunities are these kind of high budget things where you know the people putting them on want more well-known bands more popular bands to play them i think it's going to make it hard on a lot of bands to have the opportunities to be able to perform whereas the diy scene especially to us has been a thing that's given us so many opportunities and helped helped us meet so many people and meet so many bands and be able to play and go see so many shows that i hope that at some point that can kind of come back you know as well as smaller venues like pinball jones is is one that's been really important to us and you know we worry about those opportunities for everyone you know more in the indie scene and i think we also worry about venues that we love that have either shut down or are on the brink of shutting down i think all those are kind of the immediate impact is what do you do as a fan what do you do as an artist and then i don't know like i mean future wise i also think about hopefully people will grow to see how important this community is whether it be the local music scene whether it be the local art scene i kind of i think it kind of goes along with what we were talking about earlier about kind of changing your outlook maybe there will be more people that will say you know i didn't take advantage of this scene when when it was all around me and maybe there'll be more you know thirsty for content and thirsty for performances and maybe maybe we could come out of this better in some ways because i do know there's a lot of supportive people that put in a lot of effort and a lot of time to be a part of this community and i i know those people will always be there but i hope that there will be other people that will kind of say like man it you know it, it sucked being stuck at home and being you know not being able to go do these things and maybe they'll appreciate that more and maybe that could be something that can make us all stronger on the other side of this in the future do you have any last words i i just want to say that i um that i really appreciate you giving us the opportunity and i think this kind of goes along with a, a lot of what we've been talking about of finding different avenues yeah. and different platforms for artists I, so i want to thank you for that and everyone that's kind of creating these platforms for everyone and i also just want to say that i you know I, I miss all of our friends in the music scene and i hope everyone's doing well and i hope everyone can can come out of this stronger in some way and with a bunch of great new material that we can all come together and, and enjoy later on I, I agree with that and uh i hope everyone stays safe and happy as well thank you for listening to the indoors podcast i want to give a huge thank you to miles nick and tucker for joining me on this episode they were nothing short of kind and supportive throughout the whole interview and application process and it was such a pleasure to meet all of you I hope someday I get to meet each one of you in person, and hopefully that's at a live show sometime soon. 
I'd also like to thank my producer, Matt Guzmarati, for helping me create this series. Thank you to KCSU, and a huge thank you to you for the continued support of this podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Indoors. Got it, baby.